welcome to the FE Research Podcast, a podcast that aims to showcase the practitioner inquiry, scholarship and research being carried out within further education. So we looked at sending them a 48-hour prior to the lesson, a text message reminder, Have you? are you ready for your maths lesson? They knew what that meant. And as soon as we sent it, we did monitor the, the logins on the system and we can see a rise in the logins from the day that that text message was sent out. And they all actually really appreciated that because it was a really nice prompt on their phone and then they could instantly move on to the, the uh, work on their phone as well. So it was a nice transition once they got the text yeah. message as well. Hello and welcome to FE Research Podcast. My name is Joe Fletcher Saxon. My partner in crime is It's Alistair Smith. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Um, we are recording this at a time in the year when I now have Christmas in my sights. That's it. It's alter the clocks. You start to leave work in the dark, and then um, it's all about that next break in the term, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So now we've got a double, we've got a double act with us um, today and it's Holly and Sarah from Solly Hull College. Hello, Holly. Hello, Sarah. Hello. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, You're here, well, obviously you'll tell us a bit about yourselves first, but you're here to tell us about an OTLA uh, project, aren't you? So, uh, but let's, let's hear a bit about you first. Holly, you tell us what you do at Solly Hull College. So at Solihull Hill College, I've got two roles, really. I'm a teaching and learning coach for maths. And then I also teach on our GCSE Resit Delivery Programme for our 16 to 18-year-olds. Um, my background in FE has been going on many years. Um, I've worked in other FE settings um, and apprenticeship delivery before that as well. Um, and I've been at Solihull College for about two and a half years now. Right. Okay. And Sarah, tell us about you. Yeah, I'm um, head of maths at Solihull College, um, responsible for across three campuses for the delivery of maths from 16 to whatever age that people want to continue to do maths for. Um, We have about two and a half thousand students enrolled um, on full time or part time GCSE or functional skills delivery this year. Um, And Um, My background is originally secondary, so I spent just over 20 years in secondary, moved into FE by chance, I will say, but I think that's quite common um, now. Um, And I've been in my current role for about three years. So it's um, we're looking constantly at how we can try and improve achievement and progress, mainly um, for our 16 to 19 programme, which is where we were at this time last year. It's only in the last 12 months that I've now taken on responsibility for the adults as well. So we've got um, that whole range of everybody. Yeah. Okay. Well, so both relatively new to the college then, um, but um, you got stuck in quite quickly then with doing a little research project. So, so let's, let's find out some more about that then. So, um, Holly, tell us then about the OTLA project, which we should say, because we can't assume people know what that is. Is it Outstanding Teaching, Learning and Assessment? I say it, it that often and then I, uh, yeah, all right. Um, and it's funded, isn't it, by the ETF. And so people apply and then get a little pot of funding and get support with doing a small scale research project. So tell us how how yours came about and what it was all about. 
I think for, well, for many years, really, we're looking at our students' achievement and how we can progress with that. Um, And a lot of it comes down to the fact that, yes, we have a certain amount of time in college with our student, which varies depending on what FE setting you're delivering in. Um, And we're really restricted on time that we can have with these students. You know, they come from secondary into us. They've had sort of like five hours a week of maths, and then that's really condensed down for us. But we're still expected to have that achievement and progress these students. So for us, it's not just about attendance that's going to help their achievement. It is also um, their independent study skills that we thinking we've really got to develop these with our students because without that independent study um, and that focus outside of the classroom they're really not going to make as much progression as we would like them to we just haven't got the time um, that we need in the classroom with these students. Mm. So um, I think it was Sarah wasn't it that uh, you put in the application to LTLA so what inspired that? Well I think I mean it was it was during lockdown and I just happened to see it on Twitter and I I was like, oh, well, this looks quite interesting. I think we'll just, we'll see what happens. It was literally, well, let's just see what happens. Um, and at the time when we first was doing the um, application, it was more about the, the idea between asynchronous and synchronous teaching and how we could um, work with the students that way. But it then just developed over time because we started off back in college from the September. And at that point, it was, well, how there is this need for students to be able to learn how to work more independently. Um, and that's where the project then sort of led itself um, mm. quite nicely to the fact that we were then introducing um I think the focus became very early on, and I apologise to Holly at this point because I'm probably sort of <laughs> jumping ahead a little bit, but the focus became quite early on that we wanted to look more at um, not consolidation, but how we can prepare the students. Because as Holly's just said, these students come to us, they've had lots of maths lessons at school, but it doesn't mean they've actually been prepared properly for those lessons. Um, And the idea of them doing homework, they're probably having to resit because that's something that they would never do. So we tried to change our focus of what we wanted the students to do. And we're also trying to then sort of look at um, moving the students out of um, out of this idea that they have to consolidate and things. So, yeah, it was um, it was it was just sort of like, well, let's just see what happens. We'll just put in this application and see what happens. OK, so you gave it a whirl. Well, mm-hmm. it said maths, didn't it? It was going to be a winner. I mean, that's <laughs> oh, so. Um, so, Holly, um, it sounds like at the beginning you sort of had a loose idea, but then that shaped up as the project got going. So as it got going, did you kind of have a kind of project title or something and that you were clear about what you wanted to achieve by the end of the period of time? We It took us a while, actually, to come up with our actual question or what is it that we really wanted to find. And I think um, the title of the um research which will come to later on came right at the end when we'd written it up because we really realized actually this is what we've managed to achieve and this reflects that really nicely um because when we first set out I was trying lots of different things with students I just wanted them to engage in something outside the lesson but something that was going to be useful to them and relevant to them and was going to have some impact and like instant impact as well because it was no point them going away to me 
and consolidating something that happened in the classroom already for them that didn't really have much purpose. So we tried out a few different tactics with the students and we the main focus was our public services level two students. Um, and I use them as the focus for my research, research because we've got a whole different uh, variety of students and in le- a level two um, cohort. So we've got students that have just missed out on getting into level three, but they're actually very strong at maths and English and have just missed out on those grades right down to students actually that really didn't engage at school um so we've got like a whole range of students with different grades and different backgrounds in that in that level of qualification um so we just tried some things out with them i tried some consolidation tasks and giving them as homework as such um we tried the preparation idea um and there was another thing we tried as well, which again was something to do. We titled it as homework. It was almost like an extension from what had happened in the class. And we just sort of like decided to just try a few things out and see the uptake. And it was really clear that really early on, the key thing that students wanted to do was actually they'd prefer to prepare for a lesson than more so than consolidate what had happened. Um, But in that preparation, there were some real key things that I had to be aware of. So our students need something that was short and sharp. They needed it to be really accessible. A lot of students wanted to use their phones um, to be able to access the work. So it wasn't them taking away reams of paper or worksheets, which we know is sort of a thing of the past now anyway, when they leave the classroom. Um, And it had to be impactful. Um, So we then decided to develop these preparation tasks that students would do before they come into the lesson. Um, And I was designing them and then just, again, seeing what happened, just getting some feedback from students, um, allow them to try out these preparation tasks and see what their thoughts and feelings were when they came into the classroom. And I sort of adopted this approach of asking them who's ready for the lesson. And straight away, they knew that that meant who'd done their preparation tasks. And the preparation tasks were 15 minutes max um, in length. And then one student said to me as they came into the classroom, after I'd asked that question, they'd said, oh, yeah, they jokingly said, I did it on the bus on the way in, thinking, you know, for me, I was going to sort of take that as a negative thing. But for me, that was fantastic. So I was like, well, actually why not just sit on the bus on your journey into college and do it? You've got free Wi-Fi, you've got access to the work and you're literally preparing instant, you know, you're preparing and going instantly into the classroom. So that is really impactful because you've just prepared yourself and now you can see the impact that is going to have on your skills in that lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, And that sort of changed a lot of people's mindsets in the class because they were thinking, well, actually, yeah, I haven't got time to do this at home. And does things that we're doing outside the lesson, does it have to be traditionally we're sat at a desk working? Well, no, we can be mm-hmm. anywhere, you know, we can access mm-hmm. work anywhere these days. So a lot of students then took that on that actually I'm going to do my preparation as I'm coming into college. And for me, it was perfect because they were then really set up for the lesson. Um, and that's how our title of Busy on the Bus in Solihull came about because lots of students adopted that approach um, and it worked really nicely. Brilliant. And then there was other things that we implemented 
along the way in response to student feedback. So we looked at sending them a 48-hour prior to the lesson a text message reminder have you are you ready for your maths lesson they knew what that meant and as soon as we sent it we did monitor the the logins on the system and we can see a rise in the logins from the day that that text message was sent out and they all actually really appreciated that because it was a really nice prompt on their phone and then they could instantly move on to the the uh, work on their phone as well so it was a nice transition once they got the text yeah. message as well so brilliant so you were um, trialing a number of different activities as part of this and looking at the impact of each of the activities mm. you, were, you were trialing. I love the title, Busy, Busy on the Bus, but you're also reframing what they perceived as learning, weren't you, by the sounds of it, that it isn't just about, like you said, sitting at a desk. Can I ask you what your research question was then in the end? So we know the title, but did you formulate a research question? I don't know if there was actually a question, Sarah. Can you recall that? I don't think there was a definite <laughs> question as such. I think we just sort of took a general idea about how to engage learners outside of the classroom. Yeah. And that was okay. that was what we were aiming towards. All right. So, I mean, that's just something to say then about OTLA is it's perhaps that slightly less formal step into action research and practitioner research later on in a more formal journey. I suppose, you know, people would be formulating uh, a more sort of focused research question but yours was really what's going to have the most impact I guess on um, students engaging in their maths lessons it sounds like mm-hmm. so you found um, that the prep stuff was that was the winning formula then absolutely yeah definitely um, and students they wanted to become part of the group norm of saying I'm ready for the lesson it was quite a powerful question to ask students are you ready because they don't want to say I'm going to sit there and go no I'm not ready for this lesson <laughs> so in that question was really good and as we're actually embedding this into our delivery now we're saying to teachers these are key things you need to be doing to make this work um, and it's not a quick situation you have got to keep on top of this with your students for a few weeks because it's got to become a routine in their head it's no point me sort of checking in every few weeks that they're doing this it needs to be there every lesson so it needs to that question needs to happen every lesson so it becomes the normality basically so it's funny you said routine because I wrote habits that's you as well so yeah you're forming those great routines so you've you've moved it on to beyond um your classrooms and you've shared this outside of your department have you yeah it's become Sarah's asked if we because it was so successful within this group um the retention within the group and the achievements we had fantastic results with the group and also the group decided because they could see the impact of their independent study we had a lot of students decide to uh, take on further independent study outside the classroom like take up our offer of an extra hour of maths tuition with our maths hub and at the time as well we also offered um catch up we had the catch up funding from Department of Education so we were offering extra exam skill sessions as well to help them with the assessments that we were doing with them um, and the uptake of that um, increased hugely when they realised actually the importance of this independent study um, and you know and how that was going to move them forward this year. Right wow okay well um I know what I've done there, you see, I've craftily pinched, I think, really some of Alistair's questions. So I'm going to stop there and hand over to Alistair and he can backtrack a bit and ask some of the stuff that I didn't get round to then. 
Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna start and ask you, Sarah, because um you were saying earlier, I think, before we started the, the interview that you've worked in secondary as well. And while I was listening to um Holly talking about the research, I, I couldn't help but think about when the new education inspection framework came around, there was a lot of um chatter about the fact there was very little research in FE that was used to feed into it, but used research from schools. And I wonder if on reflection there's any part of this research that you think would be suitable to feed back into schools. Um, because you were saying about they do the lessons in school, but of course this is about, um, I wrote down here, it's agency really, isn't it, in in their own learning and taking charge of where they go with it. So I wonder if there's anything from the research you think could go back to schools perhaps. Um, well, I think quite possibly, yes, because the way that we're sort of trying to develop the learning to take place within the maths lessons for FE is all about how they prepare. So it's finding out what they know before they come to the lesson. Um, and a lot of this, so so I think it could go back into schools. I think we're, we're trying to get them to consolidate in a very different way. So we're trying to consolidate things that they should already know, not things that they've done in their lessons, because they could have sat and done 20 questions for you in the lesson. And then what what do we give them? We give them another 20 questions to go home and practice with again. And that's what we, we've tried to sort of, that's where we flipped it around, I guess. And I, some people are talking about it being as flipped learning, but I don't feel as though that is our focus. It's not about flipping the learning. It's for at our level, but maybe in, in a secondary school situation, that might be more what they're trying to take the, the, the path along is how I would perhaps look at it I think if you were going to try and put it into secondary context so it would be more flipped than we're consolidating but consolidating 11 years worth of work basically by asking them to prepare and recall and retrieve what it is they've already done previously on that particular topic. I find it incredible because I've worked with some of my students um, on their English skills and they have trouble remembering the things that they've actually covered in junior school. And then they've gone to secondary school and because they haven't applied them and had to recall them, then all of a sudden that information seems to be lost. And then when you start covering these things again, they get that little light bulb moment. Oh, actually, no, 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 we did this, but we haven't done it for quite a long time. So I guess there's some of that um, element in there as well. Yeah. That's really interesting. Was there um, any literature that informed the thinking behind this? Was was there any literature you looked at or was it just about getting stuck into to seeing how it went? I think there wasn't any particular literature. I mean, I look at lots of different things on Twitter and, and regularly post things out and get a general feel more so, for, I think, for what is still happening in secondary um, education rather than FE delivery in maths. Um, but for me, moving from secondary to FE, I, I can see that we need to think something different has to happen for us to be able to um, make change in achievement and progression for students um and so with that in mind I think that's where it all came from like what can we do that is different and that's where we then took that step to say right let's let's see what happens if we do prepare ask them to prepare rather than consolidate um so yeah that that's interesting and um holly you mentioned as well about the sending out text messages as the reminder for the activity where where did that come from as a as an idea base as well 
So we, the some of the students were saying that w- that had forgotten to do their preparation that they, they had literally forgotten because sometimes they'll walk out of a ma- my maths classroom probably won't think about maths till the next time they step into it. So for them, again, because they've not done a lot of this sort of independent study, it's not at the forefront of their mind. They're thinking, right, next lesson starts here and there's nothing to do before that point. So for us, it was... Um, they needed some sort of prompt, some sort of reminder um, system in place. And we tried doing it through Microsoft Teams, which is obviously one of our communication methods. But if they didn't have their um, notification turned on, they weren't getting that notification. Um, um, and obviously, as a college, we have a central text messaging system. So we just thought that's perfect. You know, that's the prompt we need to send them to get them on board with this. And um, sometimes they didn't need the prompt eventually, but in the early days, a lot of them needed it. I'd say probably about 50% of them, um, but it worked well and it, it, you know, it encouraged them straight away to go on there. Yeah. We hear so often that term nudge. And I think that's exactly what it is. It's that little prod to get them going again, which sounds like it really worked. So I like, um, I like the sound of that. Um, So Sarah, um, really, the next one is what does it mean for the college now? I mean, it's great to do the research project and to share these findings. And it sounded like they they had quite an impact. But um, what's it really going to change going forward? So within for, the, for maths, then we are in the process now of just launching it fully for for all students that are currently studying maths. So full time and part time courses. Um, We've got prep tasks set up um, for all of the topic areas that are delivered um, from sort of for functional skills and GCSE, foundation and higher all levels. So a member of staff can go in and just set a prep task for them. Um, And in the same way, we're still in early days because last year we had this really small cohort and now we've sort of gone hundred times bigger so um we're um we're, we're in the the early stages of trying to decide what what is the best way and I don't think it while I'm hoping that it will be successful for a lot of students this year I don't think we're still sort of having to work our way through it um and so like Holly's just mentioned the text messages and I think that's something that in a few weeks time will be something that we will look at in implementing again but on a much larger scale um, as that prompt for the students to remember that they've got this work that they need to do because at the moment staff are saying well what what do I need this only two of my group have done it what do I do um what and what we don't want them to do of course is to say well it's not working so we're going to just park it and move on because we just I think it's that that part of it. But one of the key bits to it all, I think, was not only the impact for maths, um, you know, as Holly's already said, she ended up with some students that were engaging in up to five hours of maths each week. Um, but some of them actually began to realise how much it actually helps them with their level three programmes and or, or well within their level two programmes and how it can also help them within the level three. So, um within a and within HE as well so we've we're we're sort of it's out there but I think we've got to with as a college context it's still something that needs to be worked on and developed as well but I think there's lots of areas that are beginning to see um that it could be impactful as well for them um Holly have you got anything else to add to that I think you had more experience of that didn't you last year 
Yeah, and I think we um, actually some of our teachers started trialing it late last year with the adult students that were studying because they've had a lot of time out of education. So for them to come into a lesson and us to go present them with what we're about to do, and they go, "I've never done this," or "I haven't done this in years," and they were they were quite you know fearful of it. For us to go, okay, well before we do that, here's a preparation task. Get yourself into it first, and it might give you those little sparks of, "Oh, I remember that." oh yes I can do that and you know and then they felt a lot more comfortable coming into the classroom environment and also it gave them a bit of an element of control was what was about to happen so um yeah it gave them a bit more of ease coming into the classroom and knowing what was about to be taught as well can I just add to that as well because it's just reminded me of um we we teach um well they're called industry placements that we have so industry um which we do online, but we actually work with um, the NHS for quite a lot of them for functional skills. And um, they were, it, it came about that they were being set their prep tasks. And then while they were on their break at work in the canteen, they were all sitting around doing their prep tasks together in preparation for their maths lesson that was coming up a few days later and things which was so there's lots of nice little things that have happened that sort of feed through and you think actually it does it is working it's really good or they'd have a break in their um in their lesson for the functional skills um and they'd suddenly realize they they could have benefited from actually doing so instead of having a break they'd do their prep task at that point instead as well so that they were ready to continue after the break i guess that's kind of like um forming those informal support communities to help one another with the agency to prep for this for the sessions with all of that independence that's really that's really interesting and I, I guess not something that was anticipated at the start of the research anyway no. um so that's really kind of like this this next question um so has it kind of given you an interest to, to do some further research in and around the area and, and dig a bit deeper so um I'm not doing any, we're not, do, well, we are doing a little bit of extra research, but not a formal one. So um, a member of our team last year, she was doing her uh, debts and she had to do some research as part of that, which we wasn't able to carry out because of lockdowns and so on and so forth. So one of the things that we're now looking at this year is the use of something called a cheat sheet. Um so and um, for, for every progress check that the students um, are doing this year, they um, well, first of all, we are because we want them to take ownership of their learning and give them as many opportunities as possible to practice outside of the classroom. Um, we're, we give them the list of the topics that they're going to be covering and the maths watch clips and the Corbett maths watch videos that match them. So they've got that information um, on the run up to each progress check. And then they're also creating a cheat sheet. So originally that was going to be a research project, but actually we're, we're implementing it or trialing it with all students in all classes for varying degrees of success, I think, with that. So some some teachers do the cheat sheet with the class and um, um, ask them to bring their own cheat sheet in that they've made at home. For me, I've got um, a, a level one class and I am their cheat sheet. So they are allowed to ask me during their progress check to help them with a few of the questions um, and, and help them that way. Um, so that's one of the things that we're doing. Um, and Holly, it's 
definitely inspired Holly to do further research. I don't know if you want to talk a bit about the course that you've now been accepted onto, Holly. Yeah, so um, because it's something I've really found interesting and enjoyed the writing of it and just the process of going through it all and the reflection side of it, um, I've I was accepted onto the practitioner research program through Sunderland University, um, which I sort of went to last week as in for enrolment, um, and so it just sort of inspired me to do that. And like you were saying earlier, the OTLA, the research we did it was quite an informal research uh, action re- piece of action research. But now that set me up really nicely to do some further research at a higher level. Um, I've got lots of literature to do and reading and background reading to do this time round. But it's um, yeah, it's been a great gateway, like we were saying earlier, into research and my interest into it. So it's yeah, it's been really good actually. We'll I think I saw this space. Yeah, yeah. I I think I saw a picture of the back of you. Uh, because it was put on Twitter. I think Daniel took a picture, a photo of the okay. hotel room. Yeah. yeah. And I even can I think I I think you were sat with a colleague of mine called called Dan, actually. I don't know whether you met somebody called Dan. Maybe. Anyway. I don't know if I was, yeah, but yeah, it was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were all there, yeah. So oh excellent. So we're we're just a bit ahead of you in the in on the sunset program so this is yeah. a bit like the, sun, the official the unofficial sunset podcast isn't it with, the, yeah, with all the links yeah. on there yeah <laughs> um i wanted to ask then and i'm not sure whether it's sarah would be better place to answer this but you can decide is is really about solihull college and and how teacher research is seen viewed or supported within the college well i think it's something that's very much supported now it's um it's very much on the up um, um, and we have a member of staff that is responsible for um, the research as well. Um, so it's really encouraged. And I think um, I think as a, on the back of what Holly was saying as well previously, I think I've always researched throughout my teaching. And now we've suddenly got this outlet to be able to say, well, actually, this is what we've trialled and this is what the outcome of it was. Whereas before you'd trial something and then you'd sort of keep it to yourself a little bit Mm. but actually we're able to sort of share and everything that we've shared that we've done so far has been shared um wider as well um so it's all it is very very supported in fact um we've got something taking place within all the vocational areas called project 22 at the moment so every vocational area is having to do some type of action research um to see how that can implement change um, right. within their area and whether it will then implement change across the college as well. So it is it is very valued, I think. Yeah. Oh, we have um, during our development weeks as well, because we have a, a teaching and learning coach now for uh, for research. Um, she puts on mm. events internally for us to share what we've been doing. We should we should um, say a name. We should say Kerry's name. I think. Well, yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if we should well, or not. <laughs> <laughs> and she's so insightful, and she's so inspiring to get people on board with research. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a great place if you're interested in research. The colleges, you know, our um, senior leadership team, they are so on board with it. And they want to, you know, they want to develop us. They're really keen to get us on board with research and creating yeah. our own sort of research log within the college and setting ourselves up with a status as being a college for research. 
Um, okay, we'll just we'll perhaps just finish off by asking you then, what advice would you give to a lecturer, teacher, educator, or maybe somebody in sports staff, whoever in a college who's thinking about taking their first steps into a research project? Um, I think it's just a case of give it give it a go. What is it that you're really passionate about and that you know that puts that fire in your belly go with your you know what do you want to look into what do you want to improve and as practitioners sometimes we don't get the space to do that so it's finding that time to you know reflect and it forces us to reflect as well and it forces us to become better practitioners because we react to things more you know more so because we're looking for it um and I think for me it's it's that extra thing to be doing outside of the classroom. It's okay. How can we improve? And we talk about improvement year on year, but if we're actually thinking about action research and the change and the difference we're going to make, it's really inspiring to see other people's projects as well. So if you're unsure about whether you want to um, take up research, this, you know, F the FE sector, we're becoming where, you know, there's a lot more research going on out there that you can find and um yeah have a look at some of the projects that happened with the OTLA they've created like the rainbow handbook we were saying um and that's just got all these little small projects that happened last year um but they were on quite a small scale so they're doable and you know and like we're saying it gives you that sort of taste of for research um you know and allows you to sort of see what's happening in the sector as well and how you could feed into that okay well thank Thank you very much. We'll, we'll, we'll draw things to a close there. Thank you for joining us on FE Research Podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. You have been listening to the FE Research Podcast, a Sheep Hill Studio production. Thanks for listening and we hope you can join us again soon.